yeah, that's right. Uh, sorry, listeners, but this week uh, Ian was unavailable to record a regular episode of the podcast. So instead, I will be uh, releasing something that I had cut out of an earlier podcast. Um, you may recall the monstrously long episodes we were putting out in July, I believe it was. Uh, there was one episode in which um, Ian and I went off on a, a pretty long tangent, um, which I found really funny, and so while there wasn't really time for it in the episode, um, I think that epi- particular episode was about two hours long when we finished recording it, um, so I, I didn't want to keep it that long, uh, but I did find this uh, this part of the episode very funny, even though it's not really related to ASMR. So I kept it, uh, knowing that eventually we wouldn't be able to record a regular episode, and I'd have to um, find something else to put out instead. So uh, that's what this is. Uh, I hope you enjoy it, and we will be back next week with a uh, with a regular episode. So, um, as last time, I did not watch the Daily. Um, yeah, I, I assume. But I do have sort of some exciting news to report. Uh, last time, I talked a little bit about how I have... Actually, how much of the sort of fire interlude did you keep from last week? Um, I think I pretty much only cut out uh, the gaps between when you were speaking. Because there were a few moments where you were just silent for, like... A few minutes, but I think I left in basically everything else. Oh, good lord! Um, but anyway, so in that <laughs> I case, I personally really enjoyed it. I don't know if our listeners will, but I did. The... Listeners, please write in and let us know if you enjoyed uh, your intimate moments with Ian. <laughs> your intimate, like twenty minutes with Ian. So then they will, <laughs> they might remember that I got a massage ball, the sort of massage ball that was used in this video. Um, I learned because the, the one thing that I had noticed about the massage ball, it's got all these different points. I'm a big fan of just sort of fidgeting with things, and the primary sort of fidgeting motion I was doing with this ball was grabbing it by two opposing points, sort of pincering it within my fingers, and then spinning it. And I had noticed that it was not the most satisfying (laughs) thing to spin, because the points are often not like sort of completely diametric on the sphere, and so when you spin it, there's some amount of rocking motion. It's not like a perfect spin. Uh, But I found over this this past time since we last recorded, that there's actually a small manufacturer defect on the ball, and using that defect, I can orient myself to a pair of points which are completely um, diametrically opposed, leading to a much more satisfying spin. <laughs> so that's sort of my uh, report about our daily. <laughs> uh, how, how would you say that it, it compares to a fidget spinner? Um, I actually prefer this to a fidget spinner. Wow. I well, do there have you a fidget have it, spinner. Um, but this is this is a whole new level of fidget spinning, I think. Um, because it's slightly more difficult. And also involves like pushing two little nubs into your fingers. Hmm. And also fidget spinners are super dumb, and it is ridiculous how much they've blown up recently. I think there's like, fidget off, spinners actually. being sold in the subway station. Like <laughs> like you know how like some of the some of the like bigger subway stops will have like little shops in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw fidget spinners being sold at some of those, and I thought that was preposterous. And they, they had, like, a whole, like, lineup of different fidget spinners you could purchase in the subway. Okay, so I'm going to quickly derail us one last time, then. Um, so I'm just coming <laughs> up with a sort of good idea, and that is, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, 
back in the day when we were growing up, and probably still yep. now, there were all these children's cartoon shows that existed solely to sell lines of toys. I'm thinking of, yeah, you know, of things course. like um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Beyblades, or Beyblades, Yu-Gi-Oh! Po- yeah, all that sort of stuff. Digimon. So I think we should just very quickly workshop and copyright a show um, about fidget spinners. Power Rangers, Transformers... So I had to just throw those in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that would be del- Yeah, I so, think Beyblades is probably like the most egregious example because mm-hmm. that one definitely started as a toy and then became a very bad show, if I recall correctly. I don't think I watched much of it. Yeah, I don't. The others, like at least, like had decent shows, even if it was you know sort of built around selling a product. Mm-hmm. Whereas Beyblades was like. Yeah, I think that was the most egregious example. Mm-hmm. So, what say, is turning the... Turning away from the mic, yet again. What is the story, John? What is the story of our fidget spinner anime? Um, well, I, much like basically all of these other shows, it, it, I think it's just about battling. I mm-hmm. think it's about fidget spinner battling. But what's the context uh, for think... this battling? Like, why, why are our characters interested in battling with fidget spinners? So they're naturally well, I... sort of indeterminately aged um, high schoolers or junior high schoolers um, as they probably would be in Japan. possibly even just young children. It, it's very unclear. Yeah. Basically every circumstance. Mm-hmm. They are members of a fidget spinning academy. The Are they members of the most elite fidget spinning academy? Or are they members of a sort of second tier fidget spinning academy and they're going up against the elites? That's our first Ooh. major question in the design oh, of the yeah, show. That's a, that is a big question. Because, yeah, there's either either they are sort of like, either they are at the elite fidget spinning academy, but they're sort of a, uh, um, and, and it's mostly full of sort of rich kids, and they're a, sort of a lower class kid who sort of got in there through their pluckiness rather than, mm-hmm. uh, and street smarts rather than pure rather fidget just spinner buying book the smart. best fidget spinner. <laughs> um, what, or... They could be at sort of the second tier school going up against the the elite school. And having now, like, sort of thought about the options a little bit more and sort of voicing them, I definitely think that they are a uh, plucky kid with fidget spinning street smarts rather than fidget spinning book smarts at the elite school. Sort of trying to compete with all of their peers with uh, more advantages than them. <laughs> so I'm imagining right off the bat... Um, it's the first episode, right? Okay. So, maybe in the first episode, I think, well, so here's how the pilot goes. Um, our young protagonist wakes up. Now, they're a, they're right. sort of a fidget spinner prodigy, I think. Um, of course. It's just, it just sort of comes second nature to them, <laughs> spinning these fidget spinners. <laughs> but they wake up, and it's the big day, John. Today is the day when they have the sort of open trial to get into um, the top fidget spinning academy, Okay, great. I was worried you were going to start somewhere else. That's exactly where we need to no. start. And of course, our protagonist, John, has gotten up late. Of course. Um, of course they have. They've overslept on the big day, and so they don't have um, sort of enough time to prepare their yeah, original physics. They certainly don't steps. take a shower. Mm-hmm. They throw their clothes on as quickly as possible. Their shirt's 
inside out and backwards, mm-hmm. and they grab a banana from there. We get that classic scene like, where they're rushing out the door. They grab like a you know maybe a bagged lunch from their mother or something, and they do that sort of thing where they go out the door. They're facing the wrong way. They do a quick pivot and they run off. Right. Well, it's also important to note the the mother in this scenario has basically no personality apart from just being uh, very friendly and matronly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she is trying to care for for her presumably son. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not given the, the genre we're we're talking about here. Um, you know, she's trying to care for her son, and that is the extent of her personality. Mm-hmm. I do think it'd be sort of interesting. Sort of- if we explore the... Because I think this was something that in Yu-Gi-Oh! in particular, which is where I'm basing a lot of this from. Because that's where okay. a lot of my knowledge of this sort of branch really, of media comes from. I think any of these sort of... Uh, an- or children's animes, children's cartoons designed to sell products fall into this category. Yeah. But what I think Yu-Gi-Oh! did particularly well, especially in the first series, um, was have a sort of incomprehensible connection between what the thing is they're doing and the importance of that thing. Um, to wit, playing a children's card game, and that children's card game routinely deciding the fate of the world. Not yeah, only I, that... I don't really... <laughs> but also, just the fact that in, in the first Yu-Gi-Oh, there were all sorts... There's like, there were these big tournaments. At one point, somebody shuts down a city to have a card game playing tournament. <laughs> And to me, that was just sort of magical, because it's like, no one has a sense of proportion, but at the same time, it's not like, because with Pokemon, it makes sense, right? With Pokemon, naturally, you want to be a Pokemon trainer, you want to catch them all or something, because you've got these magical, fantastical creatures that clearly have a large amount of power. With Yu-Gi-Oh!, it is just a children's card game, um, except for those few times where the fate of the world does rest in the balance of it. And so it's just completely yeah. unclear. Yeah, I guess it's like, like it, it is happen? literally just a card game that people have invented technology to make seem cool. With like the one exception of like these Egyptian gods that are like that exist in the cards. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it is purely just like people have invented technology to add stakes to what is otherwise just a card game. And so I really want to come in and sort of bring that wonderful environment into our fidget-spinning anime, where, um, like, you know, it's it's not clear what the sort of economic or social benefits of fidget spinning is, um, (laughs) except for sometimes, of course, it will decide the fate of the world. Actually, here's a, here's a question. Do we want to have fidget spinning based off of some ancient technology and like be sort of an ancient magical Ooh. thing? Or do we want to have it um, have sort of extraterrestrial origins and be important in that way? Um, I'm, not, I'm really not sure about that question. What I'm really invested in, though, is the mechanics of the fidget spinning battles, and I have some really good thoughts on that. I'm thinking maybe if we delve into that, it'll sort of help us to, okay, to clarify determine whether it's extraterrestrial or uh, ancient and magical. Okay, well, hit me so with, hit me with that thinking, fidget spinning battle. All right, so what I'm thinking for the battle is uh, there's sort of two forms that I am imagining the battle could possibly take. Mm-hmm. Um, and I- I'm not sure if we want to like pick one over the other, or if we want it to be clear that there are, like, sort of two distinct types of fidget-spinning battles in the world, in this world that we're creating. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the first one I'm, I'm sort of envisioning, um, and now all of uh, this is sort of based on my um, 
experience looking up fidget spinner tricks on YouTube, thinking, you know, like, there must be something here that I'm not getting. There must be some reason that this is really blown up. There must be something cool you can do with these that I'm just not really aware of. Um, and so based off of all this sort of extensive research, looking at, like, the latest and greatest, the most professional uh, fidget spinner tricks on YouTube, um, the two sort of battles that I'm envisioning are um, just, you know, you, you take sort of like a radar gun and determine who's spinning it fastest. <laughs> so you sort uh, of have alternatively, a... alternatively... Is this a one-shot thing where, like, so you've got Fidget Spinner Kid A, Fidget Spinner Kid B, they both line up, um, they strike some sort of cool, exaggerated pose, and then they just blast in their Fidget Spinner as hard as they can, and there's a sort of third neutral party which is just pointing two radar guns, one at each fidget spinner, and just looking back and forth between the numbers to see where they peak. Exactly. Okay. But of course, of course, our hero and our sort of like arch villains have sort of like have become so good at fidget spinning that their their speeds have transcended purely what a radar gun can measure. And so it's determined by sort of the weird radiating waves of energy coming out of their fidget spinners or finally once you get to the season finale sort of the like the flight that they are able to achieve uh because of their fidget spinner mm-hmm. okay um uh the other form i'm imagining is um where you just sort of like toss the fidget spinner from like one hand to the other uh just doing kind of like little tosses and just see how like how many times you can toss it back and forth for, like from one hand to the other um, you know, it is kind of tricky because you do have to catch it in the right spot. Um, very unimpressive to look at. Though, right? <laughs> well, so here's what I'm going to say, John. I think that the tossing back and forth, that's going to make a fine um, sort of training montage component. Um, but that can't be the main battle. That's just, as, as you say, it's not Well, again, of course, in the anime, they're going to get more exciting with it. They'll toss it real high and spin around and then yeah, catch it but in the still, same hand just, or something. It does not the need but, something that has... Because, I mean, it sort of it goes back to the classic Dragon Ball Z um, strategy, where we need to set ourselves up in a situation where, in a fight, um, the person who yells loudest wins. You're right. So you're this right. works in Dragon yeah. Ball Z because they're channeling in the energy, battles right? is perfect. They're channeling yeah. energy and that gives them strength to do these weird flash punches that you can't even see animated or whatever. Doesn't matter. What you need to know is whoever wants it the most wins. Um with yeah. this sort the, of tossing thing the the issue is that we get into an area where there's a degree of dexterity required yeah, which I think caps skill, out on the amount of screaming all that nonsense which we do not care. About. I am going to um actually posit a modification to your first suggestion mm-hmm. um okay. with these sort of static fidget spinning with maximum speed. What I really what I really can't get out of my mind here is a situation mm-hmm. where two people, they're in, in somewhat close proximity, but not right next to each other. They're both spinning their fidget spinners, and they're spinning so fast that there's a, there's a large amount of wind being created. And they're struggling to hold on to the fidget spinners, John. And it's actually a last man standing situation. <laughs> so there's not like, you know, maybe, there's probably a referee who measures the speed at some point, but it's not entirely clear how the speed um, factors in. Like, maybe it's just there for commentary. Um, but what really... It is a it is a last man standing. Whoever <laughs> knocks the other person down, what uh, their fidget yeah. spinning wins. I, I, I'd like to to sort of build on this mm-hmm. uh, idea that you've created. So I, I agree that yes, these two people are standing in fairly close proximity. They're spinning so fast; it's creating a tremendous amount of wind. But the thing is, it, it's not really so much them struggling uh, to like 
hold on to their fidget spinners. It's really it's these two uh, these two forces of nature spinning their fidget spinners faster and faster. They're screaming like in Dragon Ball. They're posing like in JoJo, mm-hmm. and the the referee is getting blo- has got been blown away. Mm-hmm. The like a like hurricane has started as a result of them. The entire stadium has to be again. Just to clarify, the entire stadium where they are battling has to be cleared. <laughs> All of the spectators fear for their lives. They're running away. The uh, like the there's an earthquake. Mm-hmm. The uh, stadium is essentially destroyed. Buildings for blocks around them are sort of kind of like pushed just a little bit. Uh, and it's just these two forces of nature spinning their fidget spinners faster and faster and faster, screaming at the top of their lungs and just, and just like, posing. <laughs> it's so true. Um, so I think that you make a great point. Now, obviously, a lot of what you're describing can't happen in every fidget spinner battle, right? Because who has the animation not, no. budget for that? Um, that'll be sort of the main <laughs> fidget spinning events when you're going well, it's gonna up. going to be a lot of stills. That's when we're uh, going sort of in, up against in... the, the sort of maybe... And, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, oh, I really am leaning towards um, extraterrestrial um, fidget spinners. Um, yeah. Uh, or at least some sort of external force. Like, maybe these are spirits or gods or something. But I'm... Ooh, I like spirits. I'm not sold Actually, yeah. On... No, I'm not sold on Never mind. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the issue that I, I come back to again and again with the, the ancient fidget spinners is... Um, you can't have a fidget spinner made of stone. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, well, I don't know. Maybe you could. John, how would the ball bearings work? <laughs> There's literally yeah, one fair. component to a fidget spinner, and it's ball bearings. And if you don't have those, <laughs> you don't have a fidget spinner, John. You've just got two pieces of rock that you're sort of grinding against each other. Um, so so the I think the battle mechanic for this fidget spinner anime um you're maybe right that it shouldn't just be about sort of wind and struggling to hold on to your own fidget spinner a lot of it has to be about um you using the force of your fidget spinning whether that be sort of emotional or or wind or whatever gravity maybe to knock your opponent's fidget spinner over but yeah that's Mm -hmm. um so i think we've settled on a good battle mechanic now um I do really like the idea that in sort of this this scenario where they're destroying the stadium and the surrounding buildings, um, that like for the most part, like it doesn't seem like they themselves are really struggling with like staying up that much. No, of course like, not, because the they, they are like in control firmly of their power. rooted in the ground. They are entirely in control of what they are doing. Mm-hmm. It is simply that they are causing destruction to everything around. Yeah, that's that's um. That's definitely. They are struggling, but they are struggling to spin fast. <laughs> that is the <laughs> only struggle. They gotta go faster, John. Um, so, so that's sort of the the world that we have ourselves in. And the, this pilot, just because I mean, I think that this 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 initial sort of draft of this idea, this this little derailment, might have gone on a bit further than I had expected. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the you know the it's it's a standard um, affair where the kid he, he goes to the fidget spinning school. He'll catch a glance of his rival, the the snooty person who's who's got like the gold plated fidget spinner. Is like, oh, what are you? What are you? You must be at the wrong fidget spinning tryouts or something. Um, they go up. There's some sort of there's some series of sort of banal tests where both he and the rival are top of the class or something. Um, mm-hmm. 
And then there's a little um, competitive league uh, to see, like, you know, sort of who gets, who's the top people that get in. Um, he goes up against the rival in the semifinals of the league, and he just barely loses to the rival, so that we have some dramatic tension to build off of. Yeah. Oh, the rival could lose. No, I prefer, I prefer no, him losing yeah, to the rival. Yeah, I think the rival needs to win. The rival goes up on. against um, what will wind up being relevant to the big bad of the first season in the finals and loses. Um, and that sort of brings us some extra intrigue for future episodes. Um, mm-hmm. And then we get the results back. And of course, our um, protagonist, despite almost failing the written portion of the fidget spinner test... <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he because he did so well in the practical portion, he um, gets into the school, and yeah. then maybe he's he's met some sort of um, female interest uh, during these tryouts. There's some sort of wimpy kid that latches on to him, and we've yeah. got ourselves a show. Yeah, for sure. So we're definitely going to need to copyright this episode. <laughs> Certainly, uh, because we've just come up with. We don't want anyone. Stealing our brilliant fidget spinner show idea. Oh my god! This, uh, if anyone I'm really would like no to sort of produce this show, please reach out to us, and we we will certainly be interested in working with you. I mean, most of this was just sort of foolish nonsense um, and sort of rote anime stuff. I the the battle mechanic for the fidget spinners is just I can't stop thinking about it. These two people <laughs> just spinning the fidget spinners. I like you could do. Oh man, you could do a great little animated short off of this. Is what I'm saying. Um, like, wow, there's a there's a real battle mechanic here, John. <laughs> and you can have all sorts of fancy because I mean, as we move on past just the basic fidget spinners, you know, you're gonna have your fidget spinners with small rockets at the end to sort of add additional um propulsion. Oh, no, that's a performance enhancing drug. Yeah. Um, you're gonna have fidget spinners where, like, they unhook, and there's a fidget spinner at the end of each of these sort of um, oh, ends of the fidget spinner. So you have sort of multi-level spinning, and that can create some extra dynamics. Um, you're gonna have bladed fidget spinners, um, which can maybe even draw some blood. And there, they're almost being used like weapons. Is there fidget well, spinner? Those, to fidget those spinner are sort of underground fidget spinners. Those are what. Sort of the 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 evil bad guys that our hero encounters on the way home from school are wielding. Oh, it's almost like a but knife fight. To the job. purity of his true fidget spinner, our hero is able to to blast them away. Um, no, I think I think there needs to be moments in the series where we really do get fidget spinner on fidget spinner contact, um, and they are being used like bladed weapons. And you know, but I, I I still feel that. Our hero should never use a bladed fidget spinner. Oh yeah, he's not using a bladed one. He's using he's using a defensive the blade yeah. through the purity okay. of his spinning. Mm-hmm. Certainly, certainly, that's true. God, that's good. <laughs> there's like there's something about this, John. I yeah, we're gonna have to we're, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to workshop this. We got something here. So the main quest this week, John. <laughs> oh boy, we might have so, ourselves another little vault special. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure if I want to just have this be a really long episode, or if I want to sort of hold on to the fidget spinning for a special occasion, or if I want to sort of, like, release two episodes in one week, one being the actual episode, and one just being a little fidget spinner fidget diversion. Spinning, uh, 
thing. It probably would be best to separate it out, either for the vault <laughs> or as a second episode. Um, just because we did sort of go into this saying, this would be the episode where we turned it all around in terms of focusing yeah. on ASMR. Uh, and then this we got isn't really a, what Green Wild was looking oh, for, I don't think. a 25-minute diversion into talking about efficiency. <laughs> Ironically enough, probably the length of an anime pilot. <laughs> just sort of workshopping fidget spinners. All right. Which I'm um, not at all sad that we did. I think that it came out beautifully. But oh, I agree. just in terms Absolutely. of what our original goals were, we somehow... I say we, um, I think you were mostly to blame for this one. <laughs> <laughs> not to point fingers. Not to sort of point fidget spinners at anyone, but... <laughs> okay, um... So I think, I think we're in agreement that this is not going to be part of the actual episode. Um, so I think, uh, in sort of, in order to keep the actual episode somewhat high quality, um, I think I need to pee right now, or else that's all I'm going to be able to think about for the rest of the episode. Okay, well, go so, and have yourself a little pee. Maybe I'll go pee, too. Let's take a, a, a quick break, and then we'll come back and we'll finish the episode. Okay, should I leave it recording, or should I, uh, pause it? Uh, I'm gonna leave it recording. Okay. I think it'll be easier Sounds for me good. later. Alright. See you soon. <laughs> so I just want to sort of booktail our previous, um, or bookend our previous discussion with an article that I found on AnimeMaru.com. Uh, Sorry, uh, you cut out for a second. So I want to just talk about an article I found on AnimeMaru.com. Okay. Beyblade Creator announces new series about competitive fidget spinning. What? No! This is is a joke article, um, but... Oh, thank God. (laughs) With the phenomenon known as fidget spinning on the rapid rise, Beyblade Creator um, Taco Eoki has teamed up with past collaborator Madhouse to launch a new project based around the hugely popular toy. The announcement included a brief synopsis of the series. Spectrum Revolution Masters follows the career of professional fidget spinner Kagaya Kirizuto, who discovered his passion in middle school. It is the year 2069, and fidget spinning is now a mainstream competitive sport. Every five years, the Spin Master series is held, in which the world's best spinners battle for a spot on the spectrum, an elite circle of legendary fidget spinners. Join Kagaya as he dons his plot armor to claim victory and fulfills his dream of being on the spectrum. Uh, And this was apparently sort of circulating around the internet and making minor waves around May. Um, Just a lot of people thought it was a real article. Um, And yeah. And there's a well, YouTube video. It didn't really go into any sort of detail about how the battle or what the battle mechanics are. Oh yeah, certainly. So it's, in general, I think I think ours is a lot stronger. I think we have a, a much better idea. Definitely, definitely. But I did just I, I sort of thought it was important to bring that to your attention. That fidget spinning anime <laughs> yeah, is sure. something that other people have also thought about. <laughs> I I can see why. It's a pretty obvious like joke to make. Um, joke? (laughs) (laughs) And that's the end of it. (laughs) 